What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure you use the code DNVR when you sign up. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined here by my main man, Jake Schwanitz. We've got the Rams. We've got the Cubs represented. And we're back. We're back with another edition of the Draft Pod. Doing what we love. We're going to talk about some Week 4 winners, preview the Week 5 slate, give you our updated top four, all that fun stuff. I feel like we're at the point of the season where the guys or where the contenders are somewhat starting to separate themselves. So I'm kind of interested to talk about some of these teams. A couple of surprise outcomes last week, but it's a, it's a fun one. The, the one thing I want to start with, RIP anybody that backed the teams I told you to last week because I bet on Washington State, Arkansas, and Oregon State. So just a a brutal week of, of bad week of bad bets. If you followed JTM on this one, how'd you do last weekend? Uh, I did all right. Um, I stayed away from a lot of those actually. So I I, I watched the chaos go down and the and the fallout, but uh, thankfully I wasn't involved. Were you involved on in Florida at all? No, and I was kind of disappointed because I had a lot of faith in Tennessee, but. You know, it was a, it was an interesting game. Anthony Richardson gave us the full experience in terms of popping early. Mm-hmm. Florida gets up, you know, they're up 16-7, I think. And I feel like we're in, you know, pre-peak upset territory, which is exactly what we were talking about going into that matchup, that this was, you know, prime opportunity for everybody to be down on the Gators, everybody to be high on Tennessee. Hendon Hooker, though, He's legit. And at this point, I feel like we need to actually throw his name into the Heisman conversation because Tennessee's for real. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was fun watching both of them, Richardson and Hooker. Uh, I know we're talking about Hooker here, but Richardson was really impressive just with how up and down he's been. I think that's probably the best complete game that he played um, just as a pure quarterback. But Hendon Hooker so far, yeah, super impressive. Last week, 349 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, added another 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, didn't really have to do too much the week before as they played Akron. But in those wins, those big wins early over Pitt in Florida so far, he's been spectacular, man. How how in are you at this point on Tennessee and Kentucky? Uh, good question. I mean, I'm more so in on Tennessee than I have been in previous years. I don't think they're the number eight team in the country right now. Um, and I think Kentucky, just in terms of what Stoops has been doing there for a few years and the recruiting that they've been able to consistently generate the past four or five years, I think I'm more trusting of Kentucky at this point than Tennessee. Where are you at? I think I'm with you just because of what Kentucky brings to the table defensively. I mean, what they did in that second half, especially after going down to give themselves an opportunity to get back in it, ultimately pull out the win at at home. That was, Mm -hmm. that was big time. And I'm still a little bit hesitant to go all in on Will Levis. I think Kuiper has him as his number two quarterback at this point. I think people are a little uh, too down on my guy, Bryce Young, after a small sample size. But yeah, yeah, this this Kentucky team's legit, and I'm very intrigued to see how Kentucky and Tennessee finish down the stretch because I think potentially one of those teams could, you know, slide into the SEC championship game. I mean, I'm right there with you, man. I think it's still clearly Stroud and Bryce Young, whatever order you want to have, they're one-two for me. 
And then I think everyone else is honestly a pretty distant gap between them. I've just seen so much from them in terms of being able to play the position clutch factor for both. Um, they've done it against good competition. They've come back against bad competition too. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not officially out on Levis and all these guys yet. I mean, this is a big game for Kentucky this weekend. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah. I mean, you got an opportunity against an Ole Miss team, which I, I honestly, I, I don't feel like I have a read on this Ole Miss team just based on who they played so far. But yeah. I think it's kind of a big test for both of these teams. And I mean, if you win this one, if you're Kentucky, you've got some serious momentum and you're probably, you know, scratching towards the top five at that point. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, this Ole Miss team has only played Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa. How in the hell are they the 14th ranked team in the country, dude? SEC, baby. They're undefeated. I mean, yeah. it's... I roll my eyes a little bit with all the Kansas love. And again, we're definitely pro Kansas and pro Kansas state on this mm -hmm. podcast. You know, we're all about the Jayhawk state, but it's just one of those where they do have some, they have some legitimate, you know, points to gripe at. When you look at some of these other teams, it's like, how is Ole Miss a top 15 team, but Kansas right. with multiple true road wins, you know, against power five teams is, is not ranked. I mean, I guess you give Ole Miss a bit of a boost before this weekend when they face Kentucky. But yeah, this is crazy to me that they're at 14th, just kind of out of nowhere. I mean, we're really a 35-27 win over Tulsa. That's that's what we're getting excited about now for <laughs> Ole Miss here. I mean, no second half points by the Rebels. What is going on? Yeah, I, I, I'm very much in on Kentucky this weekend. I, I think this is going to be a nice win for them. But you brought you uh, brought up CJ Stroud there, so I, I did want to get into the Ohio State Wisconsin game a little bit. I know we've kind of been all over the place here, but we're kind of rapid firing just because you know last weekend slate and really this weekend it, it's not like the sexiest in the world. But there are a couple of fun matchups. Ohio State though, I think throwing fifty two on the board against the talented Wisconsin defense is significant. Stroud was really good in this one, seventeen to twenty seven, two eighty one, five touchdowns, one pick. I mean, we're seeing what we want from him in the early stage of this stages of this season. Yeah, and I think we all nailed this one. The line was 19 for the Buckeyes. They covered that easily. I mean, Wisconsin with Graham Mertz, this guy is just, he's incapable, man. He's 11 of 20 for 94 yards, one touchdown and an interception. I mean, I guess he's one of the better Wisconsin quarterbacks you've seen in a while, but he's not good. <laughs> Are you worried at all about Michigan, you know, kind of itching one out against Maryland? I mean, where are you at in terms of Michigan being an actual contender in the Big Ten against Ohio State? Um, I mean, my feelings don't really change, um, particularly because, I mean, this game wasn't really close until Maryland. They, Maryland scored a uh, touchdown with like 45 seconds left. That's a good I mean, point. it was a nice drive. They drove down the field. Um, and they made it obviously look pretty close and that kind of destroyed, I mean, the cover was gone from the beginning. I mean, Michigan went up seven, no. And as soon as I saw that was what three to 10 or whatever, after the first quarter, um, or 10 to 10 after the first quarter is that cover was gone, but Blake Corm's just an absolute animal. Um, JJ really didn't have to do too much, but Blake Corm, 30 carries, 243 yards, two touchdowns. This is without Donovan Edwards, their, uh, number two back also. I like this Michigan team, man. I just, I feel like they're built to play their best football in November and December against some of these teams just in the trenches with what they have with that offensive line, which I think is probably the best in the country. And then just defensively, 
what they've been able to do after losing all those top guys. I mean, that, that front seven is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mazzy Smith coming in again, he had one tackle for loss, eight total tackles. Um, not really a spectacular game from the front, but as you mentioned, they've got guys up there. They're going to give a lot of teams issues and credit to Maryland too. This is a team that personally, I didn't respect them. Yeah. I didn't respect them very much before this matchup, but they're much improved compared to the outfit we've seen from the Terrapins before where, you know, in these big games, they're they're not even close. They're getting blown out by like 40, 50 points, you know? That's a good point. As far as uh, wrapping up the big 10 here, uh, Penn State ranked 14th. They pull out a 33-14 win over Central Michigan. I don't know. I just I have a hard time backing this Penn State offense at this point. I mean, I before the season, I was pretty big on Penn State, and I was blown away that they weren't ranked, honestly. So seeing them finally, I mean, they're 14th now. I don't know if they're the 14th best team in the country, as you said, but they do have talent. Um, they've got two backs that are really good in Allen and Singleton. Clifford's a veteran guy that you can kind of lean on in college. Um, he's a good college quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to wow you for draft purposes. He just, he feels like a big 10 quarterback. He feels like he is a generic <laughs> starter for Penn state, Iowa, yeah. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like you just plug and play him throughout the big 10 and he'd be fine. Exactly. He'd be a capable quarterback anywhere other than Michigan and or Ohio state. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to talk about it much after November. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet. Um, they play Northwestern this week. They go to Michigan two weeks from now. They actually have a brutal stretch after this Northwestern game. They go at Michigan versus Minnesota versus Ohio state. So you do get two of those at home. Uh, but we'll find out very, very soon if this Penn state team is for real or not. Minnesota low key kind of tough too, just with all the experience mm-hmm. they have on both sides of the football. Yeah, I mean, we saw it against Colorado. Colorado was completely outmatched in the trenches by Minnesota. And they were outmatched, but Minnesota is, like, big. They're big and strong up front. You know, they can really push guys around, and that's exactly what they did to Michigan State. Mo Ibrahim, again, 22 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Tanner Morgan, only three incompletions that entire game, too. I mean, as you said, they're a veteran team, so they're going to have games like this. Shout out Tanner Morgan, the only guy to be in college longer than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same here. Speaking of teams that got pushed around, man, Miami, yikes, 45-31 loss at home to Middle Tennessee State. How do you feel about that? Do you feel better now seeing this result? Uh, I did until I saw Middle Tennessee. They're losing by like double digits right now, but... Their uh, their offense is explosive. I mean, they've got a they've got a nice passing offense vertically with you know the air raid that they run. Chase Cunningham at QB, he does some nice things. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think more than anything, this is just about the fact that Miami is not back. I mean, how many times are we going to do yeah. this where we're oh, you know, Miami? They get the preseason hype, and you know everybody's talking about Van Dyke potentially being like a top three, four quarterback. And his his stock has just tanked in this opening month. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to watch this game, but just looking at the box score, there's Jake Garcia also had quarterback stats. Was Van Dyke benched or hurt? What happened? Yeah, I think they just kind of put the other guy in, in in the second half. I didn't watch the whole game, but I mean, Van Dyke was that's he brutal. just was rough. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, 
Also, I mean, we can talk about Clemson Wake Forest too if you want to get into that game. That was a lot of fun. That's Both what I did want to go to. Yeah, I just I feel okay. like that's natural, you know, in terms of Van Dyke. He completely killed his stock. These two quarterbacks, yep. Hartman and DJ, man, combined him for 11 touchdown passes, double overtime thriller. This was everything you hoped for out of both of these teams. Right. Um, so it was good to see that. I will say that just watching back um, an extended highlights of the game, there was wasn't a lot of defense being played, Not at particularly all. <laughs> in the front seven. Yeah, it was pretty brutal from that regard. Um, but as you mentioned, it was good to see DJ kind of get back to what we I think we were expecting out of him last year. Um, I wouldn't call him, I wouldn't say it was a great game. He made some throws, some really impressive throws. Um, but as I mentioned, it was a lot of bad defense. So I think we're seeing a lot of the improvisation from him that, you know, had us excited that we saw, you know, in that Notre Dame start where he kind of flashed a couple of years back when he's making that spot start right. for, for Trevor Lawrence. He, he's got some maneuverability within the pocket. Clearly, he's a great athlete. He's hard to bring down. He's a big, strong guy. It's just been so inconsistent. I feel like with DJ, he makes the spectacular look easy, and at times he makes the easy look right. so damn difficult. And it's like, I understand what people like about you. I also don't know if I could be a coach, you know, trying to count on you week to week, especially when you have the talent that Clemson has. Yeah, um, and just, just some of those deep balls, too. I mean, you'd like to just see more arm strength and yeah. just power from him because a lot of them kind of hung, and to be honest, he got lucky that a few... Better DBs are going to make some plays on some of those balls, and that's just yeah, the reality. Abs- absolutely. I mean, Wake Forest, it was good to see Sam Hartman come back and ball, though. I mean, it's always fun watching Wake Forest play. I love how they run the spread and how aggressive they are on offense. So that was good to see. I don't know if we take him seriously as a draft prospect or not. Um, I mean, he's listed at 6'1", 210. He looks kind of small on field, though, to me. Uh, we'll see, I guess, as we move forward here, though. Yeah, maybe a generous listing. Um, he looks more like yeah. a five foot eleven and a half, one ninety five, 195, yeah. based on the, the TV screen. But yeah. it's, it's a cool story, obviously, with everything that he's been through. This Wake team is talented. They can be sneaky good in the, the ACC. Just a cool game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Tyler Davis, defensive tackle from Clemson, who's battled injuries over the years, he played pretty well. Six solo tackles or six combined tackles, one and a half sacks, had a pass defense too, two, two and a half tackles for loss. Any worries with uh, just kind of moving on to the SEC here? Not the, the biggest win for Georgia. I mean, 17 point win over Kent State. I don't know. I feel like this was just that typical SEC home win where you cruise, you know, in the in the middle of the schedule mm-hmm. in between SEC matchups. Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak out too much about this. Georgia just needs to keep stacking W's against non-SEC teams, which is what they did. Um, this schedule for Georgia, though, man, they've got a cakewalk to the playoff at Missouri versus Auburn versus Vanderbilt, and then versus Florida at the end of the month. I mean, this team is gonna be. They're going to be sitting at number one for a long time. Yeah, I mean, they totally lucked out. Just, I mean, when you're in the East, it's easier anyways, but just with how everything played out and their home schedule, their tough games are, are at home. It's They should be 12-0 going into that SEC championship game. Bama responds at home with a nice 55-3 win over Vanderbilt. I know Vandy, you know, people are going to kind of roll their eyes, but that's that's an explosive offense. So to hold them to three, I do think that's significant just with I mean, their quarterback, he's a nice little dual threat option. He's done some nice things. They've got a strong run game. Their line is actually pretty solid. 
again, it's Vanderbilt. This is what Bama's supposed to do. But I, I do feel like it was a nice get back win for them after, you know, kind of an up and down couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just after Texas, you just want to see Alabama kind of get back to their ways, which they have done the last two weeks against UL Monroe and Vanderbilt. Um, they've got a brutal stretch coming up at Arkansas this weekend. I'm sure we'll get to that game. But Bryce Young, man, 25 of 36, 385 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, the guy just, it's just what he does every week almost. Um, I know he had those struggles against Texas and he will have some struggles against Georgia, I'm sure, at some point. But the guy's a stud. I mean, the size thing, it's, we're going to be talking about this for the next six months, dude. We're going to be talking about Bryce Young's size. And if he was measured at 5'9 or 5'10, if he weighs 180, 185, like it is what it is. I think that the skepticism is valid. You know, we talked about it. It's, it's not that he's just short. He's also like mm-hmm. slight, you know, it's not Russell yeah. Wilson. He's not a beefy guy out there. I also think he might be able to be the outlier. I don't know. I just, you watch him in the pocket and he's always in control. He's so slippery. He seems to Mm -hmm. avoid the big hits. I, I, it's, I mean, as an Alabama guy, there are times where I'm holding my breath, but he's just so impressive in those situations when the pocket breaks down and he needs to step up and make the big throw. And there's nobody better in college football right now when the game's on the line. I mean, going back to when he, you know, stepped in for Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago. And these last couple of years, I mean, we saw it at Auburn last year. We saw it against Texas when they needed it. I understand there were a couple of calls that went against Texas that were BS. Bama got some got some nice calls to go their way. I can admit that as a Bama guy even, but he made the plays when he needed to. And we have seen that from him his entire career outside of the national championship last year when both of their starting receivers go down. Right. Uh, Will Anderson also coming up to two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. Um, I'll ask you this and we can kind of transition away. How comfortable are you with these weapons that Alabama has though? Is this enough firepower? Do you think for Bryce young and this team to take it to Georgia or whoever they meet inevitably in the playoff? It's a little worrisome. I mean, clearly they don't have the firepower at receiver that they've had the last couple of years. And I think that's just natural with some of the, the receiving groups that they've had. I mean, they were just a good run. Boys. Yeah. You know, you were, you were due to have a down year at some point, quote unquote down, but I like what they have out of the backfield. I, I still feel like they haven't really got that going fully yet, but I think it's going to be interesting, you know, especially against teams like Georgia who are so stout defensively and can still throw 40 on the board. I mean, Stetson Bennett has just yeah. looked so under control this entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been very impressive, man. I, it's crazy that he's actually gotten better, I think, year over year compared to last year because he's going to be like a second can, round draft pick when it's all said and yeah. done, just because he's his stocks, he's going to have the winning resume and people, he's going to kill the interview process and oh, people yeah. talk themselves into it. I mean, we, we've mentioned it before. It's just going to be a little bit of the size thing, I think, with him and then just the fact that he's 24 or turning 24, whatever it is. Um, everything else I think is there. I mean, this is a guy who went through a lot. He's gone from Juco to Georgia. He did that twice. Um, so he's got the worth that work ethic. I think NFL teams are going to like him a lot too. Uh, I just don't, we'll see how high he goes. Cause I definitely see a world like you were saying, where he's maybe like a top 75 player, but, uh, this could be also just another Georgia guy like Jake Fromm or Aaron Murray. It's just like six round. You know what I mean? 
That's probably more realistic. I don't I just I feel like he has more hype at this point than those guys did just because oh, of Georgia's sure. status. And I, you know, some of mm-hmm. Aaron Murray at Georgia wasn't exactly Georgia today, but I agree yeah. with you. I I'm right there with you. Do you believe in AM? I mean, they they pull out the game against Arkansas, they kill my bankroll, break my heart, <laughs> make KJ Jefferson look like the KJ, KJ Jefferson we all know, which is he he flashes at times and then he's very frustrating at times. This AM team, though, I just they're hard for me to get behind. Yeah, man. I mean, Arkansas obviously had that game. That field goal was a couple inches off at the end. And if it's not for that, um, it's a completely different story. So I'm not I don't think I'm gonna overreact too much to this one. I mean, it's it's brutal for Arkansas in the in the landscape of this season. Um, but I don't think it much, means too much to me in terms of the Aggies and believing in them. I love A-Chain. Devin A-Chain is just an absolute dog. But other than that, there's not much for me to get behind with this A&M team. Where is he at in terms of this running back group for you? It's tough to say. I mean, the speed is real. It's it's real track speed. I mean, he's, he's small, though, 5'9", 185. So it depends how much um, you know that really bothers you, I guess. And then we're going to need to see more from him in the receiving game for sure. If here's if there's any hope of him being more than just a change of pace guy in the NFL to be a true factor. I mean, that speed alone is going to be a factor, probably just as a returner or something. But to be a cog on offense, I think you're going to see, need to see more in the receiving game from him. I love him, though. Well, let me put it like this. Who do you like more, him or Deuce Vaughn? Mm, I'd probably take Deuce Vaughn at this point. I think he's a little bit more complete, but um, it's hard to pick over that speed. It, it's hard to to leave that speed on the sideline. Deuce for Heisman, man. Deuce yeah. for Heisman. Kansas, not really, he's not going to win. And I mean, this last game was really more about Adrian Martinez for rushing touchdowns, like 140 on the ground. Right. A State, thorn in the side of Oklahoma. Yeah. We talked you about had it. it, man. Yeah. I mean, Nailed it's it. to do this against a Brent Venerable's defense, though, that's significant to me. Well, this is what we were talking about, I think, to start the year when we talked about how we don't really trust Oklahoma and how we just can't see this team really competing for the Big 12 title this year. I mean, maybe they make the game, but I don't think this is even close to the type of team that Oklahoma has had over the last five, 10 years. This is probably one of the I don't want to say worse, but it's just not nearly as good as some of the other teams in the past. Gabriel played fine uh, when you look at the box score, but yeah, defensively, just some shocking stuff from def- uh, Oklahoma. Um, I mean, they ran all over them. They, it was six, seven yards of pop, doing whatever they want, running to the edge, mm-hmm. running up the gut, play action. It, it, it looked like a video game. Yeah, it was just Martinez and Vaughn just running all over them. Both had over 100 yards. Martinez with five total touchdowns, too. How uh, how bad does the Nebraska staff feel right now looking at Adrian Martinez? Yeah. The glow yeah, up is real. Up, man. I mean, if you needed any more evidence that Nebraska's a dumpster fire, just look at Adrian Martinez and how well he's doing at K-State now. Well, yeah, we're all going to be treated week 12 when Kansas and Kansas State are playing each other to decide who gets to Let's go. play in the Big to go 12 to the Big 12 championship. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, like... I, I'm so into it. I'm trying to figure out how I can get out to Kansas for that game. See if he <laughs> plays New Mexico the Friday before. I might be able to make it work. I'm, I'm really trying to because I genuinely think it'll be a fun game. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with the stepped-up same-game parlay. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. The payout's bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Of course, you've got to have an ice-cold beer during football season, and nobody does it better than our friends, Breckenridge Brewery. They've got a birthday coming up, and to celebrate their 32-year anniversary, they're kicking it off with a weekend-long hootenanny. There's going to be live music, food, beer, of course, and games. Check it out over on October 8th and 9th at the Littleton location. They've got national acts like the Spin Doctors and local favorites like Railroad Earth rocking out. Stay tuned to everything DNVR for hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Check out the link in the description or go to breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artist lineup. Uh, last game I wanted to bring up before we start to preview this weekend, USC, Oregon State. It was one of those, I think it's big that USC was able to win kind of like a grind it out type game, not just a shootout. Right. Oregon State, though, that, that's got a sting. I mean, you're in control the entire game. And they just let Caleb Williams hang around and he made some plays at the end. Yeah, um, this game was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the four interceptions from Chance Nolan really kind of killed Oregon State's chances. If you don't have those, I think this game's not even close. Two as of you them mentioned, were so Caleb, bad. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt man. you there. No, you're good. It's They were bad. <laughs> they were bad. But this is what we talked about with this USC team, too. They just create turnovers. And it's something that, I mean, you look at it in the box score and you watch it actually unfold on field where it's like tips and overthrows. And it's like, well, they're getting kind of lucky, but it's, I mean, they do they're this every plays. week. Yeah. yeah. Every single week, this defense is making plays. And then going back to Caleb Williams, I mean, this is what like a player like him does. He may not have the best game start to finish, but when it's on the line, that drive, that honey hole shot to Jordan Addison, man, I mean, you can't be a more on point and on target. He was timely with the runs in that final drive, too. Uh, Travis Dye, though, very impressive performance from him. They're for real. They're for real. They I'm, I'm starting to, I'm really starting to spotlight that USC-Utah game because I think, mm -hmm. you know, if you can find a way to win that one at that point, USC has themselves probably in the playoff conversation because I just, I don't really see anybody else on their schedule. Maybe Oregon pushing mm -hmm. them. I mean... They don't have Oregon, even though they go at Utah and then they go at Arizona, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, Notre Dame. So it's they're going to be favored in all of those. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they get Arizona State this week. After that, they have Wazoo and then they play Utah. So little little bit of scary stuff in the middle of October with Wazoo and Utah. But man, after that, this USC team, if they can. If they can avoid the stumble and kind of keep. What, what they were doing in the first four weeks when they were scoring a lot of points and just making a lot of turnovers defensively, they're going to win these games by huge margins. And I think that's going to be enough to just get them in the playoff. Are you in on Oregon at this point? Or was that more about Washington State's collapse? Yeah, that was a choke job. That was a choke job, 100%. Um, I mean, My guy Cam Ward killing me, man. I hyped him up all week and just killed me. 
both of them absolutely brutal interceptions from both. I mean, I which one was worse, Justin? The one where Bo Nix throws it straight to the corner on the curl, or the the interception on the screen uh, from Cam Ward at the end? They were both. I gotta so go bad. with the screen just because the timing. But Bo Nix is was a peak Bo Nix pick. Like, what are you even looking at? Yeah, it's it's pretty embarrassing. This Washington State team defensively, this is something to watch out for. I think this team's going to cause a some more fits to other Pac-12 teams as we move forward here. They're definitely going to upset somebody that impacts the Pac-12 race in, in some way. They just, they've got a lot of athleticism, their experience, they play really physical. And he didn't show it, but I still really am high on Cam Ward because I think he makes a lot of plays with very minimal mm-hmm. talent around him offensively. Yeah, um, he's, I need to see more from him. I thought, I mean, he plays the game well. I, he looks a bit small, man. What, he what is. is his size? I think he's listed at like five eleven or something like that, but he looks like he's about five ten. ESPN is six two two twenty. This guy is not. Oh, he's not six two. Get out of here! (laughs) No, it's crazy. No way. (laughs) All right, man. Um, Let's uh, let's get into this weekend slate. Throw a couple of lines at you. We'll get out of here. Starting with the uh, the morning slate, we've got Michigan going to Iowa. Peak trap game for the Wolverines. Ten and a half Mm -hmm. point uh, favorites on the road. Where are you at on this one? I mean, I took Michigan and I swallowed the points last weekend. Obviously, it didn't work out well for me, but I think I'm going to do it again. I just don't believe in Iowa at all offensively. And I just think this is one of the, this is not a great Iowa team or a good Iowa team for that matter. I think Michigan rolls. I'm right there with you. I like Michigan to cover this easily. I like them to cover the first half spread and the game spread. Kansas State hosting Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming off of an upset over Texas. Kansas State coming off of a big win over OU. Both riding highs. K-State seven and a half point favorites at home. I like the Wildcats to win this one. Seven and a half scares me a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of a letdown uh, opportunity here, right? After the big win last weekend. Um, I just don't know if Texas Tech quite has the firepower to do that. So I'm still going to go with the Wildcats, I think. They're just they've, they're consistent enough defensively. They're not great, but they play fairly sound fundamentally. And I just mm-hmm. I love that run game. I think it's going to be hard for Texas Tech to stop. Ole Miss seven point favorites over Kentucky at home. What is this line, Justin? I'm. What are we missing? Because there's there's got to be. Is there an injury? Like seven. Um, I mean, we already talked about Ole Miss and. Their schedule to this point, I how can you confidently back them in this spot though? Giving seven men, I mean, you got to take the Wildcats. Will Lovis is healthy. I just checked just to make sure because uh, I feel like that's the only thing that could really swing this game that insanely in that direction towards Ole Miss. They are at home, but give me the Wildcats again, man. Give me that Kentucky money line plus two fifteen. I'm, oh, I'm all over it. Kentucky this weekend. I just think defensively they're going to be a challenge for an Ole Miss offense who really has not had to play anyone yet. Mm -hmm. Air Force, 14-point favorites over Navy. We don't have to talk about that one. Big opportunity, though, for the Falcons on, you know, a nationally televised game. Navy's not good. They need to take care of business here. They've been a little bit up and down. An opportunity to to kind of please the voters. Uh, Utah, 10.5-point favorites at home against Oregon State. Really fun game. I kind of like Oregon State to cover 10 and a half. 
Me too, man. Oregon State has legit speed on their team too. Um, I think his name is Gold, the wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, that guy has serious speed. And if Chance Nolan can just, I don't know, not poop all over himself again this week, <laughs> I think this is an easy cover by the Beavers. The only thing that worries me is like in a hostile atmosphere that Utah defense, like you could see the game getting away from him. Yeah, I mean, this might be a time, a, a game where Utah just cleans up and flexes their muscles and reminds everyone exactly how good they are. So I guess be cautious of that. Um, I'd probably stay away to be quite honest, but uh, I like the Beavers to cover the number though. Probably another stay away in my opinion, Alabama 17 and a half point favorites on the road at Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. Alabama wins this game, especially after the way that Arkansas lost last week. I think Alabama was determined. I think they're focused. I also think Arkansas has enough explosiveness to, you know, yeah. hang, lose by 10, 11, something like that. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, we talked about it. I don't think Alabama, we both don't think Alabama quite has the guys on the outside. Meanwhile, Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, this is the exact type of quarterback and archetype that this Alabama has shown to struggle against with Nick Saban. That being said, I'm right there with you. This is a stay away. I will not touch this thing with a 10 foot pole because I want to put money on Arkansas so bad. But this is usually when Alabama just reminds you they're Alabama. I was going to say, this is either Texas A&M territory where it comes down to the last two minutes or Alabama wins by 30. Either way, Mm. I I would stay away from the spread, but I do think Alabama wins. Mm. Kansas, three-point home dogs against Iowa State. Give me that rock chalk money line again. I'm going to keep backing them until they fail us. I'm right there with you. Let's roll rock chalk, baby. (laughs) It's so fun to have Kansas interesting. Isn't it crazy? It's just good for college football. You know, like we, we need some of these other teams to make it interesting, especially on weekends like this, where you don't have like that premier matchup that's going to impact the playoff race or anything like that. A mm-hmm. uh, couple other ones here. Wyoming three point home dogs against San Jose state, a couple of really talented defenses I like Wyoming at home. I just think it's really hard for teams to go into Laramie and and win that way. That said, San Jose State, they seem to have some things figured out. CU, 17 and a half point dogs on the road at Arizona. Is there anywhere in this game? Look, we're not even going to talk about the Buffs covering at this point until they prove otherwise. Same with CSU. Neither team, don't don't bet on them because they will lose you money. The over under 57, where are you at on that? For uh, Colorado, um, damn, man, I'm actually thinking the under. I think Colorado does find some momentum offensively in this game because Arizona is just not great defensively, and Colorado has shown that when they can or when they want to run the ball, they can do it at a decent level. Um, But, yeah, I think Arizona – Colorado hasn't really been tested in terms of the secondary yet, and I think they're really going to get pushed this weekend with Delore and Cowing. 17 and a half feels like the opportunity where CU is down by 14 in the second half and they end up losing by 20. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think, we, I think you're going to definitely see a better Buffs football team this weekend. Um, just in terms of the talent that they're going up against. I mean, they've had a brutal stretch to this point. And I mean, don't forget, this is a team that the Buffs beat 34 to nothing last year. They're obviously much different with Cowing and Delora. But I don't think this is, I mean, if there, if this is a spot where Jarrell gets blown out by 30, uh, we could see something happen, I think, relatively soon. I would hope so. I mean, it's, we'll I just, see. I don't know how you sell that to the program. Like as a CSU guy, 
sympathetically. I just, I think that's a tough sell. I think at this point, yeah. he's completely lost the community. But it's, I understand the position CU's into with the buyout. It's, mm-hmm. it's a tough spot to be a have not when you need to make a coaching change. And I'll be honest, I was surprised that CSU was bold enough to fire Adazio after last year because I, I thought they were going to do the thing where it's like, we got to give him another chance because yeah. of COVID. And Darrell yeah, at least I mean, had the good COVID year. So he had that in his, his back pocket. And Adazio didn't even have that. But it's, it's tough to be a local football though. fan right now, man. It's it's rough. It's out brutal. There. <laughs> it's brutal in this state. Um, let's talk about North Carolina State and Clemson, though. Uh, Clemson six and a half point favorites over uh, NC State. Devin Leary and the Wolfpack on the road. How do you feel? I'd like it a whole lot better if it was in North Carolina, but mm-hmm. I, I like Clemson to cover six and a half. It's Seven and a half would scare me. I like them to cover a touchdown, though. We haven't really seen much from NC State to this point. I think that I like this spot for them. Um, I think I'm going to take. I would. I wouldn't take them. I, I honestly, I'd stay away. But uh, six and a half, I think, is a good number. You can get it at plus money, which you know, in terms of value, getting at that at plus one hundred, I think, is at least enticing. It's just you got to remind yourself you're betting against Clemson and you're only giving yourself a touchdown's worth of wiggle room there. So uh, it's it's a dangerous one. All right. Before we get out of here, I'm just going to throw a couple more at you rapid fire. Let's West go. Virginia, nine and a half point dogs at Texas. West Virginia is a pretty solid team at this point. I, I kind of like the Mountaineers to cover that on the road. Yeah. Um, They're not great, but I just, I don't, I have a hard time seeing Texas cover 10. I think Quinn Ewers might play, so I think I'm going to go Texas. Ewers playing would definitely be a big difference. Uh, USC, 25.5-point favorites at home against Arizona State. You can get that at plus money as well. Give it to me. Give me the Trojans minus the 25. I like it a lot as well. Last game of the night, Oregon, 17-point favorites at home against Stanford. Uh... I'm going to take the Cardinal. That's a lot of points. And I think Bo Nix gives you a couple in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll fade Bo Nix any opportunity I get. And I think this Stanford defense is stout enough to test him. Uh, McKee has been playing well, making some throws too. So you have, you have some chances to score points if you're Stanford. It's kind of like a peak Stanford team. They're not great, but they no. win eight, nine games in a year with this squad. Right. Um, I mean, the Pac-12 is just really strong this year. I think in a, the previous, you know, five or whatever years when the Pac was kind of down, I think the Stanford team is a lot better and probably fighting near the top. But with Washington, Oregon, USC, Utah, it's just too strong for them, I think, to really make a difference this year. I'm right there with you, man. Well, it's going to be a fun one. As always, it's great to talk about college football with you. Make sure yep. you're following my man Jake on Twitter. Keep up with all of his coverage for this CU Arizona matchup. It's a tough season, but we're going to be there every day. We'll still have content for all of you local college football fans. And, you know, at this point, it's about the future. So we're going to be looking for those bright spots to focus on. You know, you can see the ESPN rankings everywhere else on Twitter. We get it. It's tough right now. Let's focus yep. on some of the fun stuff, too. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the DNBR Draft Pod presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use that code DNBR when you sign up. Get in on all of the action this weekend, college football, NFL, you name it, MLB playoffs, whatever your cup of tea is. For Jake, 
for Justin. Much love, y'all. Peace. Peace.